in seminary, they asked the class one day what our um, most theological book was. And they, some of the students there came out with, you know, Bonhoeffer and all these theologians and uh, the Velveteen Rabbit was mine. I, I, I recommend it to you. It is a very moving story. It is an example of how Christ has given himself for us. Let's pray. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of every heart be pleasing in your sight. For Christ's sake, amen. Uh, tomorrow is Valentine's Day, and I had that temptation to do a sermon on that chocolate-covered heart kind of love. But I'm going to resist that because the, the description of love that Mitch read for us doesn't have anything to do with chocolate-covered hearts. It has to do with that sense of sacrifice and that sense of giving, that sense of caring, that sense of being the people of God in the world in which we live. And we need more of that kind of love than we do chocolate-covered hearts. It's also Super Bowl Sunday. But I was afraid to do anything about that because you know what happens when you get people who choose different teams? Division. And we still, I didn't want to start a fight in the church this morning by, by having one team up against another team because, friends, I don't care what team you're on as long as you're on God's family. And somebody's going to win today and somebody's going to lose. And I couldn't tell you who won last year. Some of you, you bet you couldn't tell me who won five years ago. It was, no, it was not the Redskins. That is a true statement. And they won't win today either. But, but today what I'd like to do is to share with you some thoughts about service is doing. We've talked about how love is service. It's love in action is service. And service is is doing and it's not always that warm feeling that we feel inside that makes your heart go pitter-patter uh, that's that's not always the way love comes to us sometimes love comes to us through discipline because somebody loves us enough to discipline us he who has ears to hear let them hear the scriptures describe love as the sacrificial giving of yourself for others it's a sacrifice of yourself for the sake of other people. And the only way that you can truly give love is to experience it. That's why I tell young couples when they get ready to get married, if you don't have Christ in your marriage, you don't know what love is. Because until you've experienced that, how are you going to love that person with that kind of love? How are we going to give of ourselves to each other, which is what marriage is all about? Two people giving of themselves to one another. And if you're going to do that, then you need to experience it in your own life. There's a spiritual bonding that we have when we allow the love of Christ to fill us and work through us. When you know that love, 
when you've experienced that kind of love, you are never the same. You become like the, the, uh, the velveteen rabbit. You become real. And, you be, and it's, it's not because you look good or, you know, everything works like it used to. Because my wife worked me so hard yesterday, my back popped out of joint. Um, but the weather was nice, and I enjoyed getting out there. But, you know, it doesn't work the way it used to. And sometimes love may not look like what we think love looks like. Sometimes love comes as a gray-haired, bent-over man because he's love. When you've experienced God's love, nothing is ever the same again. It changes everything. When you experience the depth of God's love, your life is never the same. And for the rest of our lives, we go through that process of becoming a living sacrifice that reflects that kind of love. And that's what we've been talking about over these past few weeks. And what I'd like to do today is to give you an example of that found in Luke's Gospel, chapter 10. Luke, chapter 10. Um, I'm going to be paraphrasing some of it, so you can follow along with me. Um, one day, an expert in the law came up to Jesus. You know, one of those holy Joes, one of those people who know everything there is to know, one of those people who felt like they were better than anybody else was, came up to Jesus and said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus asked him, what does the scripture say? What, 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 is, what does the Bible say? What, what does the Bible say you have to do to inherit eternal life? And the man responded. This expert in the law knew his scriptures. He knew the Bible. And he responded, you would love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus responded, that's exactly right. You have given the right answer. If you do that, you will have eternal life. But this guy, this guy wanted to justify. He wanted to, to make himself look good in the eyes of everybody around him. So he says, well then, who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? You see, this man had all the right answers. You can know this book cover to cover and still not be a living witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. When I was in Lynchburg, I never encountered him personally, but there was a satanic priest who could quote you every verse in this book. And somebody asked him, he said, what, what, why do you know the Bible so well? He said, you need to know your enemy's game plan. Knowing the words of the Bible does not mean you are a Christian. Knowing this book up in your head does not mean that your life is changed. Does not mean that you are a new creation. Just having the knowledge that Jesus died and rose again is not going to save you. And that's what this expert in the law had. 
he knew his scriptures. He knew the right answers. He knew what to say. But he did not have any idea of how to love his neighbor. He didn't know what that meant. Why? Because he had never experienced the love of God in his life. He had it up here, but he didn't have it down here. He hadn't translated what it means to, to know the truth than to live the truth, to experience it in his life. And you could be baptized and be a member of the church for years. But if you don't know what it means in your heart, if you haven't given yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ totally and completely, you're still up here. You know the different distance between heaven and hell? That far is the distance between heaven and hell. And, and, and all, most, most people know what's in the Bible. They know what the scriptures say. But how do you know that you know what you know? If you live it. If you put it into action. And that's service. Service is actually doing it. So Jesus gave an example. And you, you know the story of the Good Samaritan. Uh, let me tell it to you. This man was going from Jerusalem to Jericho and a, a band of robbers robbed him and beat him up and left him on the side of the road for dead. Took his clothes, took his possessions, took everything he had and left him on the side of the road. And as as he was laying there, half dead, this preacher comes along. And the preacher comes along and he sees the man laying over there in the ditch and he says, you know, I'm supposed to be at church because I'm supposed to give a sermon to those people that round up. And I don't have time to stop and help that man right there. I'm too busy. I, I, I'm too important. I, I can't waste my time on him. I've got to take care of those people at the church. So he passed by on the other side of the road and went on to Roundup. It wasn't long before the chairman of the deacons came along. And he saw this man laying over the ditch. And he said to himself, well, that man over there in the ditch probably deserved what he got. And those robbers might still be there. And if I go over there and help him, they might rob me as well and beat me up. So I, I, I'd better not. Besides, I, I don't want to get dirty. I'm, I'm all nice and clean and I'm on my way to church to, to uh, you know, open the building up and make sure that everybody else is comfortable in that church. And they're expecting me to do that. And, and I want to look nice for them when I get there. So I, I better not stop and help that man right there. So he passed by on the other side. And then along comes this Jewish gay guy. And he sees the man over there beaten, half dead. And he says to himself, I need to help that man. I'm not a member of his church. He doesn't even like me. 
but there's a need. And I'm going to meet that need. So he stopped. And he helped the man and he bandaged his wounds. And he put him on his motorcycle and carried him to the day's end. And he paid for two nights. He didn't have a lot of money, but what he had, he gave. And he told the, the guy who ran at the desk, said, listen, I, I know that he's probably going to be here longer than that, but that's all the money I've got right now. Indication is this guy was not very wealthy. He didn't have a lot of money. But he took every dime he had to help that man who was beaten and left on the side of the road. He said, but I'm coming back through here in a, in a week or two, and I'll have more money with me, and I will pay everything that he needs while he's here. Even though he didn't have the money to give. And Jesus asked the expert in the law, which one of those was the neighbor? How do we answer that question? And then Jesus said, the, uh, the expert in the law said, well, the one who showed help, the one who showed mercy, the one who stopped to help, even though he was despised by the, the, uh, the man who was, and he knew who he was, but he helped him. So he was the neighbor. And Jesus said, go and do likewise. You do that. That's what it means to love, said Jesus. Are, are, are we doing that? Let, let me change it a little bit. The, the preacher and the chairman of the deacons had other things on their minds as they were uh, walking along that road. They didn't have loving their neighbor on their minds at the time. They were in a hurry. But this Samaritan, this this man who was rejected and wasn't liked by the, uh, the Jews of that day represents those who are despised and hated in our world, but he put love in action. He showed how service is doing, not because of who they are, not because they deserve it, not because they've earned it, but because they have a need. And that was what Jesus was trying to say. And that's what he's trying to say to us today. But I'd like to change things around for us. We are traditionally compare ourselves to the, the preacher and chairman of the deacons. But I'd like for us to see a different perspective on that. First of all, let's put ourselves in the position of the man who was beaten and stripped of his clothes and left for dead as an image of Christ. Jesus was beaten, stripped of his clothes, and hung on the cross and left for dead, just like this man was. Can we approach Christ in that kind of condition? Can we serve Christ when he is hurting and in need? But Jesus has said in another, in another 
place, he talked about the goats and the sheep. You, you remember that parable he told about the, the goats and the sheep. And, 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 and the sheep said, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or naked or, 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 or in prison? Whenever did we see you like that? And Jesus said, when you did it unto one of the least of these, my children, you did it to me. Friends, what he's saying is, that the needs of the people of the world is Christ. And when we do it to meet their needs, we're not doing it for that person. We're doing it for Jesus. Jesus represents the needs of the world, the hurting of the world. And we're the people who are, who are sent to minister to the needs of the world in the name of Jesus Christ. When you do something for somebody else, when you sacrifice yourself, it's not because they deserve it, it's not because they've earned it, it's not because you have to, but you're doing it for Jesus. You know who's going to be the one to judge us when we get to heaven? The people that we walked past in this world and didn't help. The times we turned our back on the needs of others. So first of all, I'd just like for us to see that the man in the ditch and compare yourself to the Samaritan and put yourself in that position as to, to how you would respond to somebody if that was Jesus Christ himself in that ditch. And every time you see a need, see it as Jesus being in need. The second way I'd like for us to look at this parable is to approach the scripture that takes the comparison off the priest and the Levite. Don't, don't, let's not worry about them so much. And to see ourselves as the man in the ditch himself. And Christ is the good Samaritan. Do we see ourselves as being in need of God's saving grace? Are we broken? Are we destitute? Are we in need of God in our lives? And, you, and when you see yourself as being the person in the ditch, when you see yourself as one who has been robbed and mistreated and, 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 and broken and hurting, when you see yourself as being totally dependent on somebody else to take care of you, then you look to somebody to help. And friends, if you were a Christian, and you stand before the God with that spiritual need, then you know what grace is and you know what the love of God is because the love of God reaches out to you even when you are despised and rejected and broken and hurting and God heals you. But until we feel broken, until we realize that we too stand in need, of God's saving grace. We don't know what the love of God is. We don't know what it means to be healed. We don't know what it means to have our wounds taken care of. We don't know what it means to walk through the valley of the shadow of death and feel the sense of comfort that only God can give us as we walk through that valley alone, but yet never alone. Do you feel broken this morning? Do you feel like you need Jesus? Do you feel like there's something in your life that's missing? A part of you is not there. 
Are you willing to receive help from a Jesus who is despised and rejected by the culture in which we live? Because you see, Jesus today is not like the Jesus I grew up with. And I think part of our problem in the church today is we've become accustomed to a cultural Jesus and not the Jesus of the scriptures. It's not the thing to do like it used to be. Can we cry out, Lord Jesus, help me. I need you. Because friends, let me tell you something. Until you realize how broken you are, until you realize how desperately you need the healing touch of Jesus Christ, you will become like the priest and the Levite. You won't have time. You'll feel too self-righteous. You'll feel like that there's some things more important than helping the needs of others. But if you're broken, if you're hurting, and the Lord Jesus Christ has met your need, then you'll respond to the needs of others. So we see in this parable life in all kinds of dimensions that Jesus is talking about. Who is my neighbor? Whoever is in need. But let that need begin with me. Lord, it's me, it's me, standing in the need of prayer. Lord, bring healing and wholeness, but let it begin with me. And then, Lord, use me to meet the needs of others. Go and do likewise. But which one of the characters will you be in the world? Will you be the, the Levite who's too self-righteous? Will you be the, the chairman of the deacons who is too busy? Or will you feel that sense of brokenness yourself and experience the healing touch of a rejected Savior in the world in which we live? And when you see the needs of others, Will you respond to that need as if that person was Jesus Christ? What character do you identify with in that scripture? Go and do likewise. Let us pray. Father God, we want to thank you for what you have done in each of our lives. For Lord, we have experienced grace and love beyond measure. And Lord, we continue to be in need of your saving grace. And this morning, Father, as we come before you in a time of rededication, of recommitment, of a time, Father, of examining our own lives as to how we serve and minister to other people, Lord. Father, you and only you can convict us of who we are. Draw us closer to yourself. Fill us with your precious, sweet spirit. And Lord, may we live the love that we have experienced 
from you. For it's in the name of Jesus the Christ we pray. 